All right, and we are back. Episode three of the Sooner Zone podcast with Cole Thompson and Jefferson Simmons. We're live. What's up, Cole? Jeff, how's it going, man? Things are going pretty good. It's uh it's a good day to be a Sooner right now. Got the bull win. Everything everyone's feeling happy, feeling good. New era of OU football is upon us. Yeah. Uh, that was a very exciting game that we had this last uh, couple of days ago. And uh, I, you were down there, right? Yep, I was there. That was uh, that was an incredible experience. And, yeah, waiting for that bowl game, that was like the longest month of my life <laughs> for everything that was packed into that uh, little bit of time off between now and Bedlam. But, yeah, it was awesome. My aunt and uncle are affiliated with Valero and graciously invited my family down. And man, that was, it was an experience of a lifetime. You joined me in Colorado last year and you got to meet at least my uncle and you know, they're very, very gracious hosts. And it was awesome. It was so fun. There were a lot of different events leading up to the game and uh, yeah, we'll get into some of that stuff. And no, it was great. We got there. Let's see, I think Friday. Now, was that right? We got uh, in two days before the game, so Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So no, but it was fun. There was two days before the game. We had like a luncheon. Um, Stoops got up there and talked. Oregon's coach talked. All the captains were there. It was. It was fun. The bands were in the ballroom, kind of taking turns, going back and forth playing. And, oh, it was great. We had uh, Caleb Kelly, Jeremiah Hall, and Pat Fields up there. Each took a turn talking. I just, I mean, you've seen their stuff on social media and everything. But hearing those guys speak in person, answering questions off the cuff, nothing prepared. I mean, they were all so eloquent. You can tell they're intelligent guys. exactly who you would want to be captains and the leaders of your team. Uh, Those guys were awesome. I don't think that there's a set of captains probably in the whole country and not a group of captains that I remember in the history of OU football that were that impressive just to hear them speak. And granted, being in person, you know, probably hits you a little bit harder. But those guys, they were really cool. And seeing their camaraderie with back and forth with Coach Stoops, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I was seeing uh, some clips here and there on Twitter, like uh, Jay Hall asking Caleb some questions, you know, off the cuff. It was really cool, really fun to watch them interact. Yeah, so there was a there was an ESPN guy there at the lunch, and it was his kind of job to MC. He was he was going back and forth asking some questions. But Oregon, one of their captains, I guess, has a podcast as well, and he wants to get into broadcasting and media after he's done with football. And so the ESPN guy handed him the mic. He goes, hey, let's get some practice. Ask your teammates some questions. And he went down the row. And then when it was time for the OU guys, uh, I can't remember if it was Pat or Caleb, but they were like, hey, Jay Hall has a podcast too. You know, let him let him answer back. And, you know, obviously biased, but I think Jay Hall did a way, way better job. So, yeah. <laughs> But, no, that was fun. And then at the end, uh, the guys left, but Caleb – and Jay Hall both 
took a took a second, signed my shoes, so that was fun getting to meet them. Got a picture with Caleb, and yeah. But after that, uh, that night there was a little Valero event, which was fun. Good food and everything. Um, actually, the first night we were there, there was, we went to a pep rally right there on the Riverwalk, and I think you sent me some pictures. You know, yeah, from there the the OU account posted those. Page, yep. Yeah, and that was cool. Uh, just seeing all the players come by on the boats and um, the coaches get up on stage and and talk. It was funny just to see the uh, the players going back and forth. I I don't know who it was. It was one of the guys on the defense. I don't want to say his name if it was the wrong guy. I thought it was Woody, but uh, the Oregon guys are floating by and he calls him out. He's pointing at him. He goes, "Oh, I know you're a walk on." And this dude like acts like he wants to hop <laughs> off the boat and come get him and. It's fun just to see a little bit of back and forth between the teams like that. But that was really cool as well. So Yeah, it's some fun yeah. banter. Yeah, it was fun. So there was, yeah, that leading up to the game. Um, there was one night we got done with our festivities like at 930. And, you know, my two youngest siblings aren't even 21 yet. And so it's like, okay, well, if you and I were there, it'd be fun to go down, hang out at the bars and whatever. I was like, what are we going to do? And my sisters went back to the room with my dad, and I bought my little brother just one of those white Valero Alamo Bowl uh, footballs. You know, had the date and the teams on it. And I told him, I said, said, hey, why don't you snag your ball? Let's just sit in the lobby at the hotel and see if any of the players walk by or anything like that. I didn't tell you the story last night. I wanted to record it. So... I cannot believe how big of idiots we are. So I'm sitting there, like we're walking down, and I'm like, hey, you should have a plan. You know, who would you like to sign the ball? Like, you know, you don't want just anyone to sign it. Let's just think about it for a second. And he said, he said, well, obviously, Caleb Williams would be awesome, you know, to get the quarterback to sign it. But that's a risk. If if he leaves, you know, he's got a Spencer Rattler ball in his room right now. (laughs) And so... I don't really, you know, want Caleb's signature on it if he leaves, but he'd probably be my first choice. And uh, I said, well, after that, and he goes, well, after that, probably not a player like one of the coaches to sign it, either Coach Venables, if we would see him, um, or, you know, we're big DeMarco Murray fans. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, hey, that's what I wanted him to do, establish a plan so that way when the moment was there, you know, you could act on it. So we go sit down, and we hadn't even been there for five minutes, like maybe three minutes. And, uh, oh, I, I saw Joe Castiglione while we're walking through the lobby and just stopped, shook his hand, was like, hey, we live for OU football. Thank you for, you know, coming in clutch and saving the program and how thrilled we were to have Coach Venables as the hire. So then we go sit down and – yeah, not even five minutes later, we're playing on our phones. And I look up and I just see this big hair walking right past me. And I was just like, are you serious? And I just elbow my brother and Caleb walked right past us. And it was a big hotel. Like, you know, he could have been anywhere. And he walks right by our table that we were sitting at. I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect. And I was just like, he was he had already walked past. And I just couldn't, like, I was just shocked. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, 
we are such <laughs> idiots not to not to have seen him coming. And I just looked at my brother, and he, I think he was, you know, in the same state of like, "Are you serious right now?" And he just looked at me. And by the time we realized or thought to do something, he was already on the escalator going upstairs, and we didn't want to chase after him and bother him. And there's a little velvet yeah. rope, so uh, uh, I just we we looked at each other. And we were just laughing, we're like. We are idiots. <laughs> but um, then there was this guy that walked in, and he was a little blitzed, you can tell. And I made the mistake of saying hello to him. <laughs> but he was out trying to get pictures with players. And he pulled up his Twitter, and I don't know what this dude is, like some huge, famous person group me or groupie. Um, but he had like pictures of every famous athlete you could possibly think of. And he had 184 tweets and we went through and he made me scroll through and he told me the story of every single one. And I was just wow. like, oh, okay. And so finally after like a half hour, he, he left and I'm just looking at my brother like, wow, that was a lot. And we're just thinking, I mean, by then it was 1030, 1045. Like maybe we'll just go back to the room. And so we started getting up and then through the sliding doors, here comes DeMarco Murray and his wife. And uh, I was like, oh, are you serious? I mean, it was just perfect. And so I was like, hey, coach, um, could we get you to sign a ball for my little brother? And he just didn't even acknowledge me. Like just kept right on walking. And I was like, Oh, crap, you know, like don't meet your idols or anything like that. And I just looked at my yeah. brother. I was like so disappointed. And he just walked around the corner and then he motioned to me. He goes, yeah, hey, guys, come over here. And I think he just didn't want a big line forming, you know, right there in the middle of the lobby. But gotcha. he walked over. He was like, hey, yeah, what's your name? And then I had one of those cleats in my backpack. And so he signed that, too. And, you know, he asked us both what our name were. And his wife was super nice. Like we weren't going to bother him for a picture or anything. And she was like, hey, you guys ought to get in there and get a picture with him. And so we did. And, oh, man, we were just so hyped. They were so nice and uh, went back to our room. You know, Tyler got his ball signed, and it was a successful mission. So That's awesome. So, yeah, it was, really cool. it was, it was really cool, you know, just those handful of events actually leading up to the game. And, you know, we were, we were nervous. You know, my uncle was getting notifications from – the committee and everything, you know, Oregon was 10 players away from COVID testing and, and opt outs to of us not having a game. And so that was pretty nerve wracking. But at that point, I was like, you know, obviously, I want the game to happen so bad. And that's why we were there. But just having this cool things leading up to it, even if it would have got canceled, it was still so fun. But right. yeah, then to go to go through the game, have that fun experience. And then we got, uh, we had field passes there for the end. And so to be out there, I was standing right by Marcus major while they were doing the trophy presentation. And, uh, my uncle hands stoops the trophy and I hear like a loud whistle right behind me. I turn around, it's Toby Keith <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and all the coach, all the coaches were walking around. I got to meet coach Gundy, um, coach Venables, uh, got another picture with DeMarco. Uh, and then, yeah, just pictures with several of the players. I think took one with Marcus Major. Um, 
Drake Stoops, that was one I really wanted. Uh, yeah, and then Stoops. it was fun just to see Caleb out there, yeah, celebrating with his team. It was it was just incredible. But but yeah, that's awesome. Um, but then the game itself was pretty pretty sweet as well. It's always fun getting to go head to head with one of those non conference opponents just to see kind of how you stack up. Yeah. I thought we fared really well in that game. <laughs> Up 33 at halftime, thought we took care of business and kind of put it to them. That's what, I mean, I I could barely believe it at half. You know, I know Oregon was had a more depleted roster than we did. But, right. you know, on the last episode, you and I were kind of wondering, hey, with all the defensive guys opting out, what's the defense going to look like? And if you would have asked me if I thought they – Oregon would only have three points on the board at half. I would not have guessed that. So that was a big success. And Grant, they went on a little run in the second half, but the, it never felt like the game was in question. Right. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of talked in our last podcast about how we needed to handle the run game and, you know, running for 322 yards. I think we <laughs> yeah. did just that. <laughs> we had... Uh, Brooks and Gray both averaging over 10 yards per carry uh, and then major averaging almost five and a half. That's, that's pretty incredible yeah. for your three, three backs. That was nuts. And, and Marcus came in for a kind of crunch time, put it away. And a lot of his runs were just, you know, right off tackle, right up the middle, you know, keep the clock going. So that was, that was really impressive. And it was kind of fun to see, um, you know, there's so many times this season that, you know, you felt like Coach Riley, and he would say this, you know, he knew the run was the foundation of his offense. You know, get the run yeah. game going and it'll set, set up everything else. But it was like he didn't have the patience or something. If if it wasn't working right from the jump, he abandoned it so fast. And to see uh, Coach Gundy, you know, even on a few of them that didn't really pop right away, I and mean, he was just committed to it. It's like, hey, we're going to run the ball. And eventually, man, it it looked great seeing those guys running all over the field, and it and it opened stuff up for Caleb. That that long yeah. ball to Mims, I mean, that was like a flood of memories. Kyler to CD Baker to Hollywood Baker to DD Westbrook. It's like, man, that where has that been? So. Yeah, I think that was, that, fun. It was off that the was play action even. He just kind of drew the defense up and just lobbed it over the top. It was a perfect pass. 55 yards. Right uh, in the that's, that's what you want. That's what you want. You know, when and why you run the ball so why you want to run the ball effectively, because it's gonna open those things up and man, Caleb's got some weapons. That I mean, obviously everyone knows what Marvin Mims is capable of. Mario Williams had a really strong season. Stunk that his touchdown was called back. That would have been crazy. Him running to the end zone with no helmet on. But <laughs> you understand that for for player safety. And although it you know wasn't in question in that particular play, there's plenty of times a helmet gets ripped off. You need that play to die right away. But, right, right. And then uh, Jalil Farouk had a big game. One of Caleb's compadres from from back way back east to their younger days, and I don't know they didn't even have Theo there. 
I mean, next year, right. if all those guys are back, that could be a deadly receiving core. And Stoops, can't forget about him, had a big touchdown. Did his one catch of the game for a touchdown. Man, Third that goal. was – there were so many moments that day that were just, I mean, so emotional and so fun. That wasn't my favorite OU football game of all time, but that was my favorite OU football memory. I mean, that day, to see Stoops back on the sideline when, you know, none of us knew at, when he played Auburn in that Sugar Bowl that it would be his last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to get to give him a proper send-off and, and goodbye, to see him down there, to see his son have one catch for a touchdown, <laughs> that was so cool. And then, you know, at the end of the game, for my uncle to be up there for – Stoops to have the passing of the torch with the, his visor, putting the it visor, on Brent's head. Yeah. I mean, that was like the the most special sooner moment I think I could possibly have. It was that was so fun. Yeah, I think that the way that they came in and it, it was like a month. The way that the program bought into him and uh, the staff that he put around him, it was so cool. And then we just came out and really blew the doors off Morgan in the first half. And there was even like Perry on Winfrey tweeting. He's like, oh, I think we know what the problem was or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's funny. But we were spreading eight guys got involved in the receiving game. Uh, we had several guys running the ball really well. Uh, Caleb running the ball really well. It was just whatever we wanted to do, we were doing it. And our offensive line that, that obviously gives a lot of credit to the offensive line because uh, you can't run the ball without those guys. but uh, No doubt. And it was so fun. So fun seeing it all click. Yep. And uh, then the other thing that was nice, you know, even with the opt-outs, is getting to see some of the young guys have some action. Uh, I thought Ethan Downs played really well. Danny Stutzman mm-hmm. balled. Um, and DJ Graham had a, t- had a tough game. But it's one of those things, like, I'm not I'm not worried about those guys to have that kind of game preparation when your entire defensive staff is gone. It's like yeah, I'm surprised there weren't weren't more holes like that. And so DJ had a good year. I mean, he's a great player. Uh, yeah, one game got away from him, but I think he's he's going to be fine in the long run. Um yeah. I saw right before we started recording that uh, DTY has declared he's going to the draft. Uh, that one kind of surprised oh, me. I thought man. He might, yeah, I thought he might be back another year. I was hoping he would be. But, you know, we got a lot of guys. We're going to have a lot of draftees this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Broyles had a really good game, too. He had the pick uh, cut off to hit one yeah. of the guy's head and popped up in the air. But he made yep. some big tackles as well. And, you know, having our older guys step up. Play, send themselves off really well. Uh, that was really fun to watch. And getting those young guys' experience, like you mentioned, that was really cool. Yep. Too. Man, so. I was happy. I was happy for Justin. You know, he had a really tough game when we played LSU in the playoff, and uh, for him to have a really big bowl game, that was that was great for him. So, but yeah, it's gonna. I mean, the roster is gonna look a lot different next year on the defensive side especially with those guys leaving. But, uh, 
Venables has shown that he already is not going to, you know, just stay in his way like how Dabo wasn't utilizing the transfer portal. We've already picked up a couple interesting recruits from there, and uh, hopefully if, you know, a few more guys are available, we fill a few more spots there so that way we don't have nine freshmen on the field next fall. Yeah, but even with the recruits that we're bringing in, if we have to go to their freshmen, I think they'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's that's the thing, well. you know. We did have some big contributors in this year's team. I mean, just from the freshman class, Mario Williams had a lot of big catches. Caleb, right. obviously. Um, Danny Stutzman played well. Ethan Downs. I'm sure I'm missing a few of the other guys. But, yeah, I mean, there, and there's going to be a few freshmen that you expect to, to come in. If if Kobe gets on campus, if Jaron or, you know, ends up being a Sooner, you expect both those guys to come in and make an immediate impact. And, and from what I've seen, they sure uh, look like they would be able to, but yeah. Speaking of that, I got to meet Kobe at the game. He uh, tweeted out his, his location, you know, where he was sitting at and I have him on Snapchat. I was going back and forth with him a little bit. I I tried to get him to come up and sit with me. I was like, Hey, we got some food and stuff. You got to come up. But he was taking a lot of pictures with everyone coming by. So, we went down there and got to meet him, and he took a picture with my little cousin. So that was, that was cool. fun to meet Kobe. Yeah. We have, have to respect that he decided to stay there for more fans. Uh, yep. But been cool to have Man him of the people. Too. Yes. That's, that's good. Well, man, before we move on, I just I want to talk a little bit about Coach Stoops. I mean, what he did this past month, it was it was just so fun to see. And then every time that he was talking to the media too, you could just tell that he was having pure fun in his in his role. Because, you know, there wasn't any pressure. You know, it's like, okay, what what were your expectations when a coach just leaves in the middle of the night? Stoops has to show up off the golf course and take control of the team. It's like he couldn't disappoint anyone. Everyone was so grateful for what he did, but then to come and have a big win like that, I mean, to be able to coach his son one time and and lead the Sooners, that was awesome. Yeah. It was kind of fun to see him with his guard down. He's like, what are they going to do, fire me? So just to Yeah, with a rock and roll tequila bath. Yeah, just let it hang out and see the true, his true colors. And I, I thought it was really fun to see all that. Yeah, I remember sometimes I would watch his, you know, post game or media availabilities. And you could tell sometimes the reporters would get on his nerves or something. He, he'd yeah. give him a little bit of a short response, but he was very much more laid back. And maybe that comes from him being in the media this past year too, seeing things from, from the opposite lens. But that was True. that was a lot of fun just to see him uh, kind of come loose a little bit. But, I mean, even beyond that, just to talk about how he is, you know, the program guy. And I know that's what the message he was conveying to the team so much is, OU football is bigger than any one person. But I was trying to think about a coach that embodies the love for his program more than Bob Stoops. And I can't think of anyone. I mean, with 
we've seen a lot of big egos and money and everything and no loyalty. There is Bob Stoops who left the program to Lincoln Riley when he had arguably his second or third best team ever while he was, you know, the football coach, you know, leaving him Baker Mayfield, who's going to go on and win a Heisman. I mean, he had everything in front of him. And to walk away from all that is just an incredible act of unselfishness. And then it, you know, stares us right in the face again at the post game. He's sitting there accepting the trophy and the reporter asks, you know, hey, what does this mean for the future of OU football? And when all the attention's on him, it's, hey, I'm going to deflect where's Coach Venables at and brings him up there. And it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the program. It's about the future. I just thought that was so special and it was a nice window into just the class act that Bob Stoops is. We are very blessed that he was able to step into that situation. And just you know, like you said, the way he carries himself, the way he respects the university, respects the future coaches and past most of the past coaches. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's great to have someone like him around. I saw someone tweet. They said, screw it. Let's give Stoops a second statue. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet of like this giant Stoops statue standing over the stadium. They're like, this needs to be happening. He's was that a tattoo baker at it? I can't remember. His I think so. so. I think it was. Yeah. He's, he, the, he's very talented with those. I'm like, how does he even think of stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. But, he's really good at that stuff. Oh, uh, oh, one another thing I wanted to talk about. So uh, after the game, I got Danny Stutzman to sign my field pass. I think I'm going to give that away on Twitter. Um, and we can announce the, the winner here on the podcast. But he's a uh, he's a fan favorite. I man, that dude's personality. I love just hearing him talk and the shenanigans he pulls. But yeah, he's someone that I'd love to get on the podcast too. And maybe we can dive into that a little bit as we yeah. transition out of football season. Sooner fans are still very excited with the new era of OU football. Um, I definitely want to be still talking about it, hearing other people talk about it, you know, staying hyped. I uh, will be still recording shows as any recruiting news comes up. Um, we're going to have, you know, obviously the rest of the guys come through on signing day. We'll do a show for that. But then after that, we thought we would try to do some, just uh, get some guests on either recruits, current players, and uh, actually, I DM'd a few guys that you know were on the team at one time, and now have either graduated or had their NFL career. I thought it'd be fun to do a catching up with the Sooners segment, and so hopefully we can have a fun lineup there and ask those guys some some questions, so that way we can still be bringing some content in the off season. Yeah, oh, we've been having some of these conversations with some of these guys. It sounds like we're going to be able to bring a few on and. I'm excited to see how that all plays out and plays out. Yeah. And if, if anyone has someone in particular that they'd love to hear from, uh, feel free to shoot that in our DMs. I'm the Sooner Zone on Twitter and Instagram. Cole is Sooner's Insider on Twitter. And, yeah, we're always love to get some feedback. I got some 
nice DMs on Instagram that people who listen to our first few episodes and we can appreciate some constructive criticism as well. So we're going to try to make this thing a little bit more professional, get a, get a fun intro recorded one of these days, but yeah, till then keep doing this. Yep. Making do with what we got for now. It'll keep growing. Anything else we ought to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I think that that was probably all that we really had so far. I saw the, the crystal ball, the most recent, we have a couple of five-star receivers that are 100% OU, uh, Brandon Ennis, and I can't remember. Um, yeah, that was, you know, I hadn't heard anything about him for a while. And when you told me that, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I did not expect for us to get Brandon Ennis back, but if he would come, man, that would be huge. And I bet Jalen Hale likely. Okay. Well, I haven't followed his recruitment at all on Brandon. I'm guessing we don't uh, get any sort of hard announcement on that until after we hear Caleb announce his decision. Um, On that note, before we get out of here, I did put up an Instagram story just asking people if they had anything they'd like us to talk about on today's episode. I did get a couple uh, responses Someone asked if we had any idea if Caleb Williams was staying yet. Um, all we know is what he's told us after the game was, you know, he was focused on his schoolwork. You know, when when all that news broke, getting ready for finals, when he got done with that, he's focused on winning a bowl game with his teammates, one last ride there. He's currently on vacation with his family, and he's going to make a decision while he's with them. OU is going to get the last, you know, opportunity to sell him. I, you know, I feel pretty confident that OU has the most to offer at this point. Um, you know, at the end of that press conference, he stood up and he was away from his mic, but you could hear him say, you know, I freaking love you, OU fans. I just, I love you so much. And so you know, he's been active on Twitter, wishing all the guys well. You know that he's the most popular man in Oklahoma. He's going to get great NIL money if he stays. He's got an incredible supporting cast around him if he stays at OU. To me, it doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else. I thought um, possibly Oregon when they hired Dan Lanning. Uh, Lanning was heavily involved in Caleb's recruitment to Georgia, but the fact that they took Bo Nix, not that I think Bo Nix would even beat Caleb out in a quarterback battle, but if you're Caleb, why go somewhere that it's even a question? I mean, he is obviously the guy at yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, to me, I mean, it's easy as an OU fan to see things from that lens, but I don't, I don't see why Caleb would leave. Yeah, I saw maybe some speculation that George is trying to offer a lot of stuff to come down there still. But uh, like you said, I, I don't see him going anywhere else. You know, when he walked off the field with the the cowboy hat on and he. He seems to love it here a lot, but, you know, we also yeah. got to respect his decision either way. So Definitely. And, I mean, the other thing about Georgia is, you know, OU had a guy committed to this team before, you know, we brought Caleb on. His name is Brock Vandegrift. He was a five-star. At one point, he was the number one quarterback in the class, and Caleb eventually overtook that spot, I believe. But mm. he decommitted from OU and flipped to Georgia. 
and he's down there. And so another five-star guy in Caleb's class, going to be the same age, battling for that spot. You know, Caleb's clearly not afraid of competition to come in behind Spencer Rattler, and obviously was good enough to take that job from him. But, man, if I'm him, I got my guys around me right here, got a good thing going into next year. To me, it makes the most sense to stay. Yep, I think so too. Anything else that they asked for? Yeah, I got one more question on here. Uh, My boy Javari, who won the uh, one pair of the cleats on the Twitter giveaway, asks, you know, what the running back room is going to look like next season with Kennedy Brooks going to the draft. Um, You know, just starting the game, I thought it was interesting that Eric Gray started versus Oregon, and it felt like that was a, hey, you're going to be the guy next year. Let's put you out there and get it started right away. And uh, I fully expect him to be the starter. I'd like to see a lot of him out of the backfield, catching some balls the way DeMarco Murray used to when when he was playing for us. Um, I think that every Sooner fan can agree that they'd like to see a lot of Marcus Major next year. Uh, That was extremely Mm -hmm. frustrating that he wasn't more incorporated in the run game towards the end of the season once he was eligible. Every time he has had the ball in his hands, he's been impressive. So I expect him to kind of be a tandem feature back along with Gray, splitting carries in a similar way as Kennedy and Eric did this year. Excuse me. Yeah, I think Um, those two improved themselves well in the bowl game. Yeah. And all year uh, long. after, After those two guys... You know, we got Gavin Sawchuk, highly touted recruit out of Colorado coming, going to be a freshman. And uh, Jamonte Barnes is hopefully going to be signing with us here at the at the next signing day. So there'll be a talented you know, freshman running back room, two experienced guys kind of leading the way. And uh, you know, we, got, we still have Knowles back there, too, who didn't see a lot of action. But, man... You and I both liked him in the spring game, and I think he did have mm-hmm. one touchdown this year during the regular season. So, but those guys will handle a majority of the of the run game, and then you know we did see Caleb running the ball quite a bit this year, and I I felt like Caleb had the perfect amount of run incorporated into into his game this year. I never want to see another OU quarterback rush for a thousand yards like Jalen Hurts did. You see that and turn around and have Trey Sermon transfer to Ohio State because the running or the quarterback was the feature running back of the team. That that was frustrating for me. We're Oklahoma. We're RBU. We recruit running backs to run the ball. Quarterback's going to sling it around and and run it when he needs to. Um, Mm -hmm. I like a steady dose of QB run about as much as Kyler and Caleb both ran. I mean, those guys were electric when they did it, but it wasn't you know, 25 carries a game, so. Right. Speaking of Kyler, I saw a video on Twitter today of uh, Evers. He was working with Tyler's dad. And Nick Evers. Kyler, Kyler's dad, that dude, he can he can develop some guys. I mean, I think even after Kyler was gone, uh, don't quote me on this because I'm not 100%, but I think Lincoln was kind of sending some of the high school recruits to to work with him before they they'd get on campus down there in Texas. 
that that dude knows football. And uh, I mean, obviously, developing his son. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll definitely quote you on that. <laughs> so, um, beyond that, the, that was all the questions I had on the on the Instagram thing. I just posted it right before uh, we hopped on, but I'll still save the other responses as they come in, and and we can cover those on next week's episode. Um, maybe next week we'll we'll have a guest on. We will tweet that out if we uh, re- record a few episodes with a few guys and um, make sure to subscribe. So that way you don't miss those. We'll, we'll be talking to a couple of recruits and hopefully a couple of guys on the team. So. Yeah. Maybe a transfer. Maybe a transfer. Stay tuned. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we good from there. I think we're good. All right. That concludes Boomer. the third episode of, Oh, sooner, sooner Cole. <laughs> That concludes the third episode of the Sooners Own Podcast. For Cole Thompson, I'm Jefferson Simmons. We're out of here.